Hi, this is Kira Buckland, voice actress for some of your favorite anime and video games. Please enjoy this episode of the Monday podcast, a randomized anime experience. Hello, and welcome to the Annie Monday Podcast. My name is Colin Hemphill. And I'm Kayla Hemphill. On our show, we roll the virtual dice and must watch a randomly selected anime title. We're back. We're back. The holidays got away from us. Yes. As <laughs> expected, maybe. I did all the cooking. Well, not all of it, but I did the turkey. Yes. So. <laughs> it was delicious. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, uh, hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Looking forward to the upcoming remainder of the holidays and New Year coming up. Whoop, whoop. Uh, we've got at least another episode probably for yeah. the year. Yeah. And maybe surprises. Yeah, we, uh, we hope so. <laughs> On our previous episode, we studied hard in order to prepare for a show called We Never Learn. We Never Learn is the English title for the show. Its Japanese name literally translates to We Can't Study. And uh, it's often referred to as Bokuben, which is a portmanteau from Bokutachi wa Benkyo, uh, which is part of the Japanese title. Uh, we Never Learn was originally a manga series written by Taishi Tsutsui that ran from 2017 to 2020, with 21 total volumes. The 26-episode anime adaptation was produced by Studio Silver and Arvo Animation and ran from April to December of 2019. And at the same time as the anime series, the author also released two spin-off light novels. And from that anime series, we watched the first four episodes on Crunchyroll. Kayla, would you like to give us a synopsis? Nariyuki is given the impossible task of tutoring two geniuses in order to receive a letter of recommendation for college. He finds that he's going to have to use all of his wits and compassion to get these girls to pass or say goodbye to his dreams. So for me, it is kind of a relief to be back to a show that has like three characters yeah. <laughs> and they're really simple archetypes that we can just kind of, yeah, you know this character yep. and then move on. Um, it, in terms of preparation for this episode, it really was pretty straightforward to kind of think through what we've seen so far. Um, the plot is really wrapped up in that synopsis. There hasn't been a whole lot of other stuff happening. Yeah, I think the only thing that really needs to be expanded upon is explaining why Naruyuki is tutoring two geniuses. Yeah. And what will subsequently end up being a third genius and potentially more after four episodes. Yeah. So the two girls that he's first charged with tutoring, Ritsu and Fumino, they each are prodigies in specific areas of education, one being a math prodigy and one being... I'm going to say like a writing prodigy. I'm a little unclear on if it's considered what we call English class. It seems <laughs> to be a literature thing. Arts, literature, language, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Writing. But each of these girls wants to pursue 
further education and careers in the opposite field of which they are naturally gifted. But they have no sense of how to study or how to learn because they've never had to learn anything. Everybody's always just been like, well, you're so amazing at whatever subject they're amazing at and never taught them even how to understand the thing that they're good at. So one of the opening scenes we see, it's Risu like working out a math problem and the teacher is like, oh, aren't you going to show your work? And she's like, no, because I have... What work? (laughs) Yeah, she's like, no, I... I don't know what the work is. I just know what the solution is. Mm-hmm. And so that ends up being revealed that they have no idea how to learn. And so this guy has to try and come in and teach them how to learn in the subjects that they're wanting to to go to school for, further school for. Right. Yeah, and Nariyuki's motivation in all of this is kind of unpacked in the fact that he comes from a very poor family. And so if he wants to have any hope of going to college and having a successful career where he can take care of his family, he's not going to be able to pay for, you know, tuition to go to college. Right. And so uh, I don't know if it's like a the principal of the school or a counselor or someone, whoever initiates this project for him, mm-hmm. offering him basically a full ride to his university of choice is like, yes, uh, I need that. And so he doesn't have much of a choice in like taking on these girls and deciding to push through the difficulty that comes with them pursuing what they're not naturally gifted at and it's also shown that these girls have had many tutors who pretty much immediately give up on them because everybody has the same sort of idea that these girls should just go into the fields that they're naturally gifted in instead of pursuing something that doesn't come naturally Mm -hmm. they're like quit wasting everybody's time Just go, you know, math girl, go into math, you know, arts girl, go into arts, and let's just call it a day. Right. And these two girls do not like the fact that they are defined by by their genius in those subjects. Yeah. And Nariyuki himself um, is described as kind of the completely average student. So he doesn't naturally excel at any one subject. They show him getting like 80s on everything. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of his schooling. Um, And he doesn't get any of it naturally. He does work really hard to earn those grades and to learn each subject kind of across the board. And so uh, it, it almost seems like the principal who's charging him with this task is like, Okay, the issue here isn't that we need someone really smart in literature to teach the science person. Mm -hmm. It's that we need somebody who has no other choice and will continue with them no matter what. And like this guy who's kind of average at everything and dedicates time to it is kind of the ideal person to fill that need. And I think what ends up being successful for him because we do start to see that he does make progress with these girls. 
this isn't like super life-changing progress, but it's enough that they're like, whoa, we've never made bef- a score above like a two. Yeah. Just two. <laughs> you know, on a one to 100, it's two. Yeah, which I guess as a side note, like that doesn't happen in America. No. <laughs> that's not like an actual grade. Right. Um that's, you know, not even putting your name. Yeah. Um, I don't we know if that's... We got so much credit for so little. <laughs> right. Um, so I don't know if that's like an actual common thing in, sure. in Japan of like, yeah, low 10s and mm-hmm. 20s and 30s are like more normal. Mm-hmm. Or if that's an anime like over exaggeration. Right. Um, but yeah, that's that's what we're dealing with. So I think the reason why he ends up being successful and getting them to start getting higher marks than that is because the thing that he's really good at is studying. And when you were talking about what the literal name of the show was, that suddenly clicked into place of like, ah, yes, this is what the problem is. It is not that they cannot learn. Right. It's that they don't, they don't know how to study. They've never had to. And so they have no skills for it. And he's literally teaching them. And you see this because he gives them like his notes and like the notebooks. And he, you know, he'll give these really insightful thoughts into like, okay, I see what you were trying to do here, you know, on on your assignment or on your practice test. I, you know, let's highlight these things. And he's really good at getting them to understand how to do those things so that they can learn. Right. Um, The only other thing I will mention about these two main girls, Rizu and Fumino, um, kind of before we move on to the third girl you (laughs) alluded to, um, is that in four episodes, we have seen just a little bit of like motivation for where they're coming from in wanting to pursue what they're not naturally gifted at. Mm-hmm. Um, in the case of Fumino, it's just like, I really like astrology yeah. and looking at stars and stuff. And so, you know, despite being terrible at STEM subjects, she knows she needs to get better at them if she wants to pursue that interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Rizu, it's a little bit more weird in that, like, she is kind of the typical cold calculated character Mm -hmm. uh literally like doing math in her (laughs) like processing of working with people and talking to people yep so because she doesn't understand human emotions uh she wants to go into psychology to try to unlock that part of herself Mm -hmm. and i think this would be especially shown with risu we've gotten a little more insight into her family dynamics is that her family owns an udon shop and she helps out there and she has t- <laughs> she usually does like deliveries and stuff because she has not great people skills and i think that's part of it is she grew up in an environment that she's supposed to have people skills yeah and she does not <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then uh fumino on the other hand like shares does share like a personal connection with uh, Nariyuki in the in the fact that they both have parents who have passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't really unlocked a whole lot of that conversation. Um, but surely the whole show can't just be them like studying in a room 
for 20 minutes, right? And getting all flustered when they barely touch. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, uh, Uruka. Mm-hmm. So, this is the childhood friend character. Yep. And unlike the other two who, you know, he's seen across the hallway, but this is kind of the first time he's interacting with them. Uruka has, like outspoken i mean internal monologues but outspoken feelings yeah. for the main character yeah she's she doesn't really hide them she's no. kind of even with her friends like all of her close friends know about this mm-hmm. and they're like why don't you why don't you tell him mm-hmm. um but her gifting is that she is a swimming prodigy mm-hmm. so she's great at athletics and bad at Everything else. All school. Yes. Yeah, she's basically failing all of her classes because she spends so much time preparing for competitions and for meets and the schools that she's gone to has just kind of let her. Right. But to pursue more long-term goals of like being an Olympic athlete and whatever, she needs an athletic scholarship to go to college Mm -hmm. to continue on that career path. And therefore has to be passable at other subjects. Yeah. Um, In this one, the principal just kind of like throws Narayuki under the bus (laughs) because it wasn't part of the agreement to begin with. Mm -hmm. And then he's suddenly like, oh, also your best friend, like you got to teach her too. Yeah. And she's definitely more playful out of all the characters. So she tends to be the one distracting them more. And I'll, I'll, I think some of it is she has less to lose out of this. Like, she doesn't have to get high marks because she just has to, she just has to pass. Mm-hmm. So she tends to be the one to be like, oh, maybe we should, like, go eat. Or maybe we should, like, take a break. And <laughs> here's all this candy I brought. Uh-huh. And <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of that. Um, I guess to wrap us up there, there is one other character who... I have a feeling will be important later on, but right now she is just like a teacher at the school. And that's Mifuyu. Um, And she is kind of the one, like you were saying, who is really driving the conversation of like, you should just give up on them. If they're not willing to like go for the subject that they're gifted at, they're wasting their time. Everyone is wasting their time helping them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of a little bit of the antagonistic voice, but is like already coming around on it. I think it's part of it was she has to wrestle with her own insecurity because she also tried to tutor them. Right. And it didn't work out. And for some reason, I was thinking that she was also like a student, but like a upper class, like <laughs> student council person. Oh, I have more to say about that later, but oh, no. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, gosh. All right. Well, short and sweet to the point, I guess. Um, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about production and general thoughts. We're in the home stretch now. Settle in for a short break and we'll be right back with more anime.
welcome back to the show. All right, Kayla, would you like to get our discussion started about production? So the animation in the show is pretty standard. Um, it's not anything, I would say, like specifically noteworthy. Uh, it fits its genre, just kind of like a lot of, and sorry to spoil this, harem anime. Yeah. That is what this is. Um, and you see that a lot in how these characters are set up. In that they they each fit a type of girl. So there's one girl that is like pretty traditionally feminine. There's one girl that's very athletic. There's one girl that's like the short and feisty one. And I know because we've seen them in, I don't remember if we've seen them in both the intro and the outro, but definitely in the outro, there is more girls than we have currently seen. Yeah. So I know there are more to come. Um, this is something we see a lot in animes that are based on dating sims, which we didn't go into earlier, but this show definitely has like that vibe and maybe a lot of harem animes do feel like that. It's it's all these girls are interested in the main character. They each have, you know, that that type of girl. And so when you're looking at these characters, there's going to be someone for everyone. Right. Some of the notable things that I thought was interesting, just because I haven't seen these kind of depictions before, Eureka, being a swimmer, she has tan lines, um, like very stark, clear to mm-hmm. see tan lines. And I think part of the reason why this is so unusual is because typically there is this push in beauty standards, especially in Asian cultures, to be quite pale. Yeah. And so to see a girl who's positioned as a love interest to have this pretty dark skin, but occasionally you do see the fact that under, like, if she's wearing a different fitting outfit than her swimsuit. You can actually see that she's quite pale. I just normally don't see that depiction. Mm -hmm. I also felt that it was actually kind of intentional because I imagine that most of her swimming is indoors. (laughs) Like maybe she does some training in the ocean, but from most of the swimmers that I've met, most most of the swimming that they do are in indoor pools, not outdoor pools. Yeah. So the fact that she is so tanned feels like an intentional choice. Yeah. Yeah, and and it it could just be like a direct. Oh yes, I see your tan skin. You're the athletic one, mm-hmm. which you literally did last week when we rolled the show. You were like, oh. I already know, like, <laughs> yes. okay, that's the nerdy one. It's true. That's the the artistic the one, one yeah, the and ar- the tan one is definitely the athletic one. It's true. <laughs> Part of it also wasn't just because she was tan. It's also because she had the spunky hair right. of the athletic one. And if you watch enough anime, you know exactly what she looks like now. Mm-hmm. The other thing I would say that was kind of interesting is usually with harem animes, with dating sim sort of characters they try to make the main character as generic and bland looking as possible yeah 
And while this dude is kind of generic looking, it was interesting to me that they had him wear glasses. Not because I I don't have anything against glasses. I wear glasses. I don't see a lot of main characters have glasses in the first place unless they're saying something about the fact that they're nerdy or something, which they kind of are in this. But also, because this role is typically a you're supposed to fill in yourself in the everyman role so that you can kind of be like, this is the person I would pick and I feel like I get to, you know, participate in that. It's interesting that they would choose something that would separate a lot of people Mm -hmm. from feeling like, oh, yeah, that's me. I'm reflected in that person. Yeah. um, With him both both being academically average and like from a not well-off family, like those both point to, I know you don't give teenagers LASIK, (laughs) but you know, this is a kid who's going to wear glasses for his whole life because uh, my only note about character design was, was about Mifuyu, the grown adult teacher who uh, works with the principal on this whole scenario. Um, She looks indistinguishable from the students um like to the degree degree that yeah you're thinking is she on the student council or something no she is a mid-20s teacher who is um like full staff there and looks exactly like any of the like main character kind of students uh pink hair Mm -hmm. and everything Maybe the only difference is she's wearing kind of like a a suit. I guess that should have given it away because this is a school that has uniforms. Yeah. And And she's not wearing a uniform, but a lot of student council presidents end up not wearing uniforms. And in the intro animation, uh, she's seen like glaring at the protagonist from a car window that she's driving. And like I saw that animation before being introduced to the character and was like, oh, this is weird because she's clearly an adult, but she does not look like one. No. And I guess, spoiler alert, yes, she is part of the harem. Gross. (laughs) So. Well, that's why I assumed, because I saw her likeness in the outro, and so I just assumed she was an upperclassman or something that could you know, with less grossness, be in the harem, and now, great. (laughs) Uh, Likewise, another spoiler, um, one, the final harem character that gets added to this show, like, part of her plot line is that she is regularly mistaken as a middle schooler. Oh, great. Uh, So, it does not get- The little sister trope. It does not get better from here, is what I'm saying. I told you, this is how a lot of the harems work, is that they have the the trope for everyone, and that is one of them. Yep. Uh, my only other note on production, um, you know, like, first starting out the conversation, you were like, yeah, it's fine. It's, like, totally passable animation <laughs> for this kind of genre. Um, and that's, like, something that I was finding about this studio is that it was established in 2017, and oh. this is their first anime. Oh, kudos to them. And it, it definitely has that vibe of, like, we got all these people together. They're all very talented, and we've done plenty of this our whole lives. Mm-hmm. So, like, these are talented people, but their first anime out of the gate 
isn't stylized. Mm-hmm. It's not really like characteristic or anything. It's very straightforward. Yeah. And that kind of has the mark to me of, uh, yeah, our first anime, we're not really treading new ground here. No. We're just trying to exist in the industry. Yes. But that yeah. could be good because having something right out the gate that isn't bad could say a lot for them. It could mean that just because they haven't found their style yet, at least, you know, sometimes when people are starting, you're like, ooh, that that was a choice mm-hmm. that you made. Maybe we should not make that choice. Right. And this is this is fine. It's definitely passable. It's it's clean and it's well drawn. So it'll be interesting to see what continues to come out. And I'm hoping for more stylization, more refinement. I want to be able to see mm-hmm. the talent. Yeah. Uh, and likewise, the other studio that's attached to this project is called Studio Silver. And from like a cursory search, I really couldn't find anything about them. So I don't know if that's just like an outsourcing studio that, mm. hey, we're new, we're short-staffed, yeah. we don't have a lot of people working. Mm-hmm. And so this other studio is just providing support. And, you know, maybe they're not the, uh, we're worthy of having a Wikipedia page kind of studio but yeah yeah. um so yeah that's really all i had to say about production um kind of the typical music isn't particularly noteworthy (laughs) or anything like that yeah so i think going into some general thoughts um you know kind of what we were just saying about the production being pretty standard not terrible not standout The story is the exact same. And maybe this is part of the downside of this format that we're doing is we tend to go through a lot more anime probably more quickly than a lot of people. It's that this is a standard harem anime. The characters are pretty standard. The plot line ends up being really secondary to a lot of the like romantic hijinks that are happening. And... For me, if I'm going to spend more time with a show, I want it to stand out more. I I want it to be doing something. So I'm actually invested in the more academic part. Maybe that's because I really enjoy school. Like, I'm I'm always thinking, like, how can I do more school? Uh-huh. Um, so I do. I, I care if these girls are, like, going to pass their class. I'm... Actually, part of me is like, I wish this was a little bit like laid back camp where it's like, we're going to show you how to study. That <laughs> would be great. Um, I'm invested in that part of the story, but it is so background and it's, it just kind of happens. You don't, you're not really paying attention to them studying because in the midst of their studying, there's always some sort of romantic tension happening with the main character. And then there's this inner dialogue because somebody's having a romantic crisis with him. And so I imagine all of the tension, all of the growth in the show is going to be more about that relationship than about these girls discovering who they are, about learning how to build self-efficacy so that they can feel like they're capable of doing what they want to do. 
And because of that, I just, I just have a hard time getting into it. I mm-hmm. don't really want to watch teenagers be all flustered because their knees touched. Like I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not for that right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a shame because I I do think kind of like you were saying, there's a really pleasant concept underneath all of that stuff. Um, there are students trying to express themselves beyond what they're naturally gifted at, and they don't want to fall into the trap of being prodigies that everyone wants them to be. They're also wrestling with what we've all wrestled with of trying to make consequential life choices mm-hmm. at a very young as age as kids yes. with very little information about the real world yes. to pursue something they may never be able to do. <laughs> and then you've got teachers, you've got students offering them often unsolicited advice. Mm-hmm. And that isn't always helpful for sure. And then you bring in the main character, who is a struggling kid who has to be has to be successful uh, to provide for his family. His father's passed away. Uh, no matter how hard he tries, he can never be better than average. Yeah. Uh, desperately needs this to break out of his cycle of poverty mm-hmm. and all of that kind of stuff. There's also just a ton of loss in this show of of Naruki's father. And Fumino's mother and all of these other things that they've kind of hinted at of broken relationships and things like that. And the show has been a little heavy handed with that stuff because it is just like romantic hijinks. We're studying my parents are dead. Yes. (laughs) And so it's like not dealt with super well. Mm -mm. And like you said, it all takes a backseat to the harem part. Mm -hmm. And... It is definitely a character-driven show because the plot isn't the important part. Right. But these are parts of the character that I want to know about that it kind of threw at us in episode two, and that's probably going to be it. Yeah. That's the extent of the backstory for the character and the extent of their growth, and the rest of it has been, we go to a different location (laughs) oh, no, it's somebody's room, and that's really awkward. Mm -hmm. And then we have those monologues and the touching Mm -hmm. and things. And I have a bad feeling that it's going to be more of that and less of the parts of the characters that I want them to explore. Right. Um, So overall, I'm just left with it feeling dull moment to moment. Mm -hmm. But would you watch more? So I'm going to say no. And kind of like I've maybe hinted at, it's not out of disgust or anything. Like, this isn't the most egregious harem show I've ever seen. Agreed, yeah. It's it's nice. It's fine. And there is that kind of stuff underneath that I do think could be interesting to explore. But I'm not confident in the show's ability to kind of handle that stuff. Um, and so the moment-to-moment, like, rom-com thing isn't really working for me and Mm -hmm. isn't interesting for uh, something I'd want to invest a lot more time in. Yeah, I'm going to have to say that I agree. If I were in a position where I wasn't watching as much anime as we do, 
And I wanted to watch this kind of genre. This wouldn't be a bad choice. Mm-hmm. I'm very grateful that the degree to the harem hijinks that happen is way more tame than a lot of stuff that we've seen. It does still happen. There are still, you know, like, oh, we tripped and fell and like <laughs> you uh, broke my fall with your your big boobs. Like, yes, there is still like some of that. Mm-hmm. But it's not every few minutes in every single episode. The majority of them are keeping their clothes on so far for the majority <laughs> for the majority of the time. It's a low only- bar. Well, in this in this genre, you know, so if. If you are somebody that wants to watch something fairly new, because this is a newer anime that is more tame, and this is something you'd like, I think this could be a good show. Yeah. Like I said, and like you said, it has to do more because it's competing with more. Right. So for me, it's a no because of that. Yeah, I think that's fair. Well, as we wrap up this episode, if you want to learn more about our show, you can visit our website at anamonday.moe. That's anamonday.moe. You can send us any questions or comments to podcast at anamonday.moe. And you can find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter. Our username is anamondaycast. And there are links for that on our website. If you would like to roll your own randomized anime, you can also use our website, animonday.moe slash random, to use the official Animonday randomizer. There are filters for the different streaming services you have access to, uh, watch list and history and all of that kind of stuff. And uh, you can try your hand at rolling a random anime. Finally, thanks to C2A for providing the intro and outro music for our show, which come from the Senpai EPs available on his Bandcamp and other major streaming services. C2A also just released some new stuff. It's a uh, 10-year sort of anniversary celebration of uh, the the length of his work and some reimaginings and remixes <laughs> and things like that. Um, lots of fun. It's really good. And I uh, encourage you to go check it out. Yeah, his stuff is always really great. Also, big shout-outs to Kira Buckland. Yeah! A uh, former friend of the show uh, and guest I on... I mean, she's still a friend of the show, no. but she's been on the show. Yes. For landing uh, the big new season of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Which was like role. her dream role. So yeah. it's so cool to see somebody who's worked so hard and is so talented to like achieve that dream. Yeah. It was so great. It's and like... The new season's out, so you should definitely check it out. Yeah, it's check on her Netflix out. and a bunch of other places, I'm sure. Yeah. Maybe just Netflix. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Who can say? Um, but yeah, definitely go watch that. Okay, are you ready for our pre-holiday roll? I hope so. I'm nervous. Yeah, I don't want to watch garbage over the holidays. <laughs> I think this would come out right before the holiday, so if we don't like it, we'll just squeeze another one in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Random button in three, two, one. I'm not sure you got your wish. Ugh, I never do. I need to stop saying stuff. Yeah, uh, you should probably press the button next time so that <laughs> I don't get all the blame for this. It but, is uh, always your fault. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, but our anime for the week is Data Live. Mecha Romantarum? <laughs> what is this combo? <laughs> It's the best of Annie Monday. <laughs> oh, jeez.
It has all the tags. All right. The first episode is called April 10th. Okay. Or April 10th. It doesn't have the TH, so mm-hmm. hard to say. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I don't like the... all of these tags. No. It has all the tags. That concerns I me. I mean, I vaguely recall the plot of this show. And I think it's basically the dude has to kiss girls or else the world ends or something like that. You As know, it does. Normal things. Yeah, sure. And robots. Yeah. Somehow. <laughs> Is he kissing robot girls? I don't think so. Ah, oh, well, that would have been more interesting. I don't know that there's Mecca in it. Maybe it's adjacent. <laughs> That's definitely the first tag in yeah, there is Mecca. Well, maybe I totally misremember then. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I guess that's it for this week's episode. Uh, thank you for joining us. And we look forward to seeing you next time. And uh, we'll let you know on social media if, uh, you know, we have any holiday plans for special episodes or things like that. But uh, we'll see you in two weeks. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Uh, We Never Learn was originally a manga series written by Taishi Tsutsui that ran from 2017 to 2020. 2020 sounds weird. (laughs) From 2017 to 2020 with 2021. So many 20s. This is our new world, our new reality. From 2017 to 2020 with 21 total volumes.